Hello, hello! Welcome back to Loki's Library. If you are new here, welcome. This is where I am reading through the enormous library of books you see behind me, and then I give you a quick synopsis and I tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos, and let me know what you think in the comments. This week's book landed on my radar courtesy of Bad News Network, which has, sadly, gone off the air. Uh, if you haven't heard of them before, Bad News Network was part of Ranger Up. It was a quick weekly rundown of current news and events brought to us by Nick Palmashano and the boys of Ranger Up. Since Nick co-wrote Scars and Stripes, an unapologetically American story of fighting the Taliban, UFC Warriors, and Myself by Tim Kennedy and Nick Palmashano, it should surprise no one that he mentioned it quite a bit in the months leading up to its release on June 7th and before Bad News Network went off the air. And the accompanying cocktail was a pretty easy pick. It is called Stars and Stripes, which is five blueberries, one ounce of blueberry vodka, a quarter ounce of absinthe, quarter ounce of lemon juice, quarter ounce of simple syrup, a dash of raspberry brandy, ginger beer, and a sugar cube. So let's do this. Holy cow. Like, what can I say about this book? Yep, that pretty much sums it up. Um, this book is actually going to be tough because I want to sum it up to let you know, kind of give you a broad overview of what's in it, but I don't want to give away any spoilers because it is so engaging and the story is so well told that I don't want to be like, well, then there's this story and then there's this story because then why would you ever read the book? I've now told you what he says. So let me see here. Find five blueberries and I'm looking for five big blueberries. So one, second, two, three, four, five, boom. So let's try this. Tim Kennedy was born on September 1st, 1979 in San Luis Obispo, California, was the middle child and second son. He, like so many of the very best of us, are Generation X. Hell yeah. And the childhood he describes is pretty much like a million Gen X memes that are posted on social media these days. You know, the ones that say, when I was five, I died and my mom made me walk it off. Or the ones that say, I left at dawn on my bike and told my mom I was going to go look at a dead body and she just said, don't bring home the body. That's pretty much all they cared about. And that's, uh, that's accurate. All right. Seriously, I'm Gen X. I grew up that way. They, you know, as long as we came back alive and not with a corpse, they were pretty much happy with us. So that was nice. That was an excellent childhood. I highly recommend it. Um, seriously, at the end of the book, I got a feeling like his parents didn't know half the he got up to until they read the book and then, you know, that's also not uncommon for Gen X to just mum's the word, mum's the word. Kennedy was homeschooled. Uh, his mom included things like cooking and fine arts, so his dad, kind of for the PE portion to balance out the cooking and fine arts, enrolled him in uh, uh, martial arts. And Kennedy started pretty young in the MMA world. I feel like he wasn't even 18 when he started training uh, for, for MMA style with Chuck Liddell. Boom. So he starts training in MMA and pretty much just took to it immediately. He, he had that kind of personality and vigor that, that that was what he wanted to do. But essentially, if you are a um, amateur MMA, it's, it's love of the sport. You're not getting paid to do this. This is something you do because you're enjoying yourself, not because there's a great deal of money in it at those starter levels. Oh, no. There it goes. I almost needed a man. That would have been horrible. My husband would have laughed at me and mocked me if I said, honey, I need a man. Kind of to help finance the travel and because 
you need a job if you're not getting paid to do MMA, right? So he decided that he was going to become a police officer because his dad was a police officer. His brother, I think he said his sister, it's like a generational family thing. They were all police officers. Totally legit, right? Problem is he decided he wanted to be a police officer when he was still like 17, 18. And in his, where he grew up in, I think it was a Tuscadero, California, but generally most places you have to be at least 21 to be a police officer. He started out being an EMT. Only had to be 18 to be an EMT. So he started as an EMT, recounts some stories from there, which you know, everything he recounts is a very formative part of his life. All right. It's not like he's just randomly selecting memories. I mean, maybe he was, but more importantly, it seems like he's selecting memories to relay that taught him a lesson of some sort taught him how what not to do or how to be better or who were the good mentors and who were the bad mentors and so those were the stories that he chose to tell told chose to tell and they were very well told so he started off as an EMT and he did that for about a year before he went and became a firefighter awesome sauce right blueberries vodka absence lemon juice simple syrup plus ice and then shake well Ooh. now this Oh, come on. I might need a man. There. Unstrained. So ice, blueberries, everything goes in the clink. And then we drizzle the dash. I'm going to drizzle a dash of raspberry brandy here, but I'm going to drizzle a dash of raspberry brandy. So after the EMT, he spent a year doing that, and then he became a firefighter. Incidentally, this is not uncommon, all right? A, a lot of people tend to do this, and it's, it's I think, probably a pretty well-rounded way to get yourself to officer status because you got a little bit of everything. You're, you're pretty much always aware. You do not have to wait until, you know, I skipped the gym on Friday. I'm starting to feel like I should not have skipped the gym on Friday. Skip one lousy day, and suddenly he can't open anything up. Does it just twist off? Does it not look like a cork? So I don't think I need a corkscrew. Oh my god, I'm not the only one Googling it. Oh, fuck's sake. Pause for technical difficulties. Okay. I am back from my technical difficulties. My uh, husband just pulled a muscle in his shoulder opening the bottle of Chambord for me. You know, there's actually a Google search on how to do it. Alcohol shouldn't be that hard. Dash of Chambord. I've never had it before, but I love Chambord. Became a firefighter at 20, did that for about a year, and then joined the, or, or joined the police academy in, I guess, a Tuscadero. Maybe it was San Luis Obispo. We tap it with the ginger beer. Now, he did very well at the academy. I, so I want to say he was almost top of his class, and, and he had some bitterness over why he wasn't the top. It's cool. It's fair. I get it. But then, <laughs> through a combination of bad Tim decisions, bad Tim decisions. He goes over those quite frequently. Look, he's totally honest. I love that. Uh, uh, he ended up graduating the academy, but was unable to join the police force because of bad Tim decisions. It's an important life lesson, guys. You can do really well and things up from bad attitude. I think that's kind of the lesson he was trying to impart. <laughs> coupled with a bunch of other bad Tim decisions. So a combination of bad Tim decisions, he ended up graduating the academy, unable to join the police force, which coupled with a bunch of other bad Tim decisions led him to almost killing himself. And I say almost because, I mean, not just because obviously it didn't happen or we wouldn't have this book, but because I'm not entirely sure based on his description of events that that was 
his actual like that that was the intent in his heart it's just that like all young dumb kids by the time he realized how deep in the clink he was the decision was almost made for him I mean, there was almost no going back at that point lucky for him and us and he was quite anticlimactically rescued at the last minute thanks in no small part to an observant person who realized something was off and called for help so pay attention to your surroundings folks you could save a life let's try this fizzy i like it and then shortly after his uh, attempt he got a call from the army that he was good to go for training um he he had sought to join the army right after 9 11 like a great many people had not been able to start training because basically there were so many recruits they couldn't process them all through fast enough but then he got a call that uh, the army was opening up a new program the 18 x-ray program which was intended to be a direct pipeline into the special forces unit for young guys who already had a predilection towards athletic ability which actually that was the same program that edward snowden was in believe it or not before but his injury remember snowden was injured medically and medically discharged from the army unlike snowden kennedy was not and he went all the way through eventually graduated the program joining his first special forces team in iraq just in time to help with the mission to take down abu musab al-zarqawi who was the number two guy in al-qaeda back in 2004. It was 2004 when, when Al-Zarqawi joined Al-Qaeda. Al -Qaeda. He was killed in 2006. Not by Kennedy. He was at the mission, but he's not the one who actually fired the bullet. So, Al-Zarqawi was a seriously bad guy. All right, you can debate all you like about the libertarian non-aggression principle, which I'm usually okay with. All right, I get it. It is actually not our job to police the world. I'm fine with that thought. Islamic extremists... Man, you read something like Ayan Hirsi Ali. Yeah, I'm going to refer back to her. I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of what I read in that book about some of the serious problems with the fundamentalist Islam. And I just kind of think. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. So, personally, I do remain mixed. Because I, I do ascribed to the libertarian non-aggression principle and i know that america is not exactly completely innocent here it it's been better than a decade since i read ghost wars by stephen call i would need to reread it to review it and draw all the connecting dots but by and large fundamentalist islam is not conducive to life in a free society okay it is not racist to say that it's just it is what it is okay some people cannot play nicely with others fundamentalist islam is one of them and that is laid out quite concisely in Ion Hersey Aldi's book. Anyways, back to this one. This is the one. This is the book we're talking about this week. After returning from Iraq, his boss in the army tells Kennedy that he needs to be even better at his job. Kennedy's not where where he needs him to be. Yes, he's gone through this this X18 X-ray program. Yes, he's special forces. His boss wants him to be an army ranger, and he sends him to ranger training. And because of bad Tim attitude in Iraq. The boss says, if you don't graduate top of your class, don't come back. So that kind of pissed Kennedy off because he said he already wanted to go to ranger training. But it also lit a fire under his buttocks so that all he could do was go and be all he could be. The army way. And he did finish ranger training top of his class. And then just to round himself out, went to sniper school and finished that top of his class too. So after all of that, he went to Afghanistan. And... Holy shit. I just, holy shit. 
he, he wrote two chapters about his time in Afghanistan, and it was some of the most <laughs> edge-of-the-seat reading I have been through in a while, especially in a nonfiction book. I mean, I've only been reading nonfiction for this, so I, I don't, you know, kept me, kept me just right there at the edge. And God, about the only saving grace that kept me from, from like being like, oh my God, I got to read, flip to the back page and make sure that the hero lived as we know the hero lived. He wrote the book because yeah, writing like that, I'd have been like, shit, I got to check. And I, I seriously would have flipped to the last page and like, to he live? Because if he didn't live, I'm going to check the book. I would have been so mad. Obviously he lived, he wrote the book, but oh my God. And I could not help but think, and I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Kennedy or any of our troops, but the real heroes are their wives. The real heroes are the wives, man. So they got to send their men overseas knowing they might never see him again. So, <laughs> military wives, skull. Intermittently, sort of peppered throughout his military career, Kennedy continued MMA fighting kind of as a side gig. And... Sometime after returning to Afghanistan, and shortly after a televised MMA fight, I, was this one? Yeah. It was after a televised MMA fight, his chain of command decided that he had to pick between the army and the MMA. They weren't going to let him do both. And it, his representatives, including Nick Palmashano, put up a hell of a fight for him. They tried really hard to get the army to, to not to, to back down on that, to let him do both. You know, good PR, look at what the army can do. Army wasn't having it. They, they dug in their feet and said, nope, you got to pick. And he picked his MMA fighting. Um, I think he loved his job, I have no doubt. But he, he had some good heart-to-heart -heart and some really good insight from a friend who said, hey, you have this gift with the fighting. Why don't you do that while you can, right? And so he quit the Army and transferred to the Texas Army National Guard. So he's still in military service, and he's it's still an active duty position, but it's no longer full-time, and it left him to pursue the MMA full-time. While they were both in the military, MMA is where Kennedy and Palmashado connected, and Ranger Up was one of, if not the absolute first sponsors that Kennedy had in his MMA fighting. He does, throughout the book, but especially in the chapter called Prize Fighting, go into kind of the highs and lows of MMA as a sport, and he explains why and how he went all in, and why and how he decided to hang it up. And when he, when he decided to hang it up, it was after, it, it was pretty messed up, he, and because he, he lost a fight, and I, it was a bullshit call, and I agree with him, he was robbed. So he started exploring other career options, which I get. If you're not going to get a fair shake doing what you love, then change what you love. I think he still loves the MMA, but he did start seeking out other things. And one of the things he tried was Hollywood. Not the, you know, I'm going to go be a movie star type of Hollywood. But he did some reality TV shows, which he talks about and just kind of confirms what we all know, which is reality TV is absolute bullshit. And then he talks a lot about hunting Hitler, which... He was part of for all three seasons, and since I don't have cable television, I had never even heard of this show. <laughs> I just I, I just don't have cable television. But, you know, I can look up the History Channel. I'm going to watch the show now that I know about it, because it does sound interesting, even though um, Hitler died in the bunker. I mean, I put a bullet in his head, and while there, had those in the bunker burn his body so that it couldn't be used as a trophy of war. And that was covered in the rise and fall of the Third Reich. And I think when I was in Berlin a very long time ago, I was told by one of the tour guides that Russia had his skull. 
don't know. It's not like I've seen it. I can't confirm it, but that's what I was told. And he talks about Range 15, which, if you haven't seen it, definitely has the makings of a cult classic. I mean, it's right up there with Evil Dead and Cemetery Man. Just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I saw it in the theater with my husband and laughed so hard we cried. Just good times. Highly recommend. It's hilarious. And then, because he is not content to just play a hero on television, probably because he spent such a significant portion of his life being a real-life hero, uh, Kennedy started his own company, com companies, um, one of which is Sheepdog Response, which teaches personal self-defense, among other things. And he helped work on a private task force with Deliver Fund, which helps combat human trafficking. And that chapter also broke my heart. But philanthropically, I, I'm almost positive I read in there that if you are a survivor of human trafficking, you can take his courses for free, which is amazing, I think. If I'm wrong of that, for the love of God, I'm the one reviewing it. I'm the one who's misspeaking. Don't take it out on Sheepdog Response or Tim Kennedy because of my booze-soaked brain. And because he and Nick are both real-life heroes, in August of 2021, when the catastrophic troop withdrawal from Afghanistan occurred, they both went to Afghanistan to help with evacuations uh, as civilians. I was going to say how many of us sitting here safe at home did that. But really, that's not fair. Because how many of us would have been nothing more than an additional liability in that situation? Unable to really contribute anything except the general panic. So probably better those of us who can send thoughts and prayers that that's all we did. Because what else could we do? We, weren't, we don't have the equipment or the capacity that Nick and Tim did. You, however, can help solve the problem. You want to know how? Um, vote them out. All right. Elections coming up in November. First recourse is always the ballot box. We can help solve these problems by turning over the corrupt officials that are in Congress right now. Start with Nancy Pelosi, that one who's not letting um, letting us petition for redress of grievances. If you watched last week's video, you know what I'm talking about. Although she's not the only one. Remember, I said last week, not just Pelosi, per Justin Amash, whoever's been, and again, he would know he was in Congress. They haven't let anybody amend any bills in six years, no matter who Speaker of the House was. So they're all corrupt. Vote them out. That's what we do. This book was so good. Oh, it was just a roller coaster from the word go. <laughs> God, I, I, I lost track of the number of times that I laughed and then cried and then laughed and cried at the same time, kind of like I've been doing through this review. Because he just pulls you along. I need to add some comedy books to my reviews. He just pulls you along this wild ride that's been his life. <laughs> it's just crazy. And all the lessons that he learned throughout it. Sometimes he will explicitly spell out the lesson. And other times you kind of have to infer it from context, but the lessons are there. <sighs> Today's generation needs some of those lessons. But I loved how he truly was humble enough to know when he messed up, but cocky enough to be honest about it. And that's a rare combination that not everybody can pull off, this kind of humble cockiness. But he does it. And he's not done yet. All right, he's only halfway through his life. I mean, seriously, I want a sequel. And I want a Nick book. I want to know about West Point, Duke University, Ranger Up, and where's Nick now? I mean, we've, we've heard nothing since Bad News Network went dark, and I, I miss Bad News Network. Nick was a very comforting anchor. <laughs> oh, if I had two things I would want to see in a second edition, and I would be very surprised if there isn't a second edition of this book, a page of acronyms. I mean, I'm pretty savvy with military acronyms, thanks to my day job. 
but there are a couple that I had to stop and Google. So just a page in the front of the book with all the acronyms that are used so that people can refer back to them. So that would be awesome for, for the civilians of us. And I would love to know the Colonel's name and the one in Afghanistan. Read the book and then you too can be frustrated by Nick and Tim's professional discretion on this matter. And that's it for this week. Let me know what you think in the comments and I will see you guys later. Bye.